On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. Leaving out the avocado in your salad to save money is not good for morale or your fiber intake. Luckily, State Farm knows the value of the little things. It's why they've got options, like insuring your home and ride with surprisingly great rates on both. Because you shouldn't have to give up what you love for great insurance. For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is Sunday, uh, May the 22nd. Ian Cameron, we've got Vito with me, as always, on a Saturday and Sunday edition of the show. And another special guest joining us from Alaska, 8 a.m., local time there right now, bright and early, up early on a Sunday morning to join us on the show today. Uh, we give him a whole lot of credit for that. Wiley Rogers joining us here today on the Ice Guys show. Wiley, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome to the Ice Guys Hey, thanks, guys. Man, 8 a.m. is not terrible, right? It's a Sunday. I feel like I should be up by 8, you know? I, I appreciate the, uh, the invite out here. Yeah, absolutely. No, uh, you know what? There's some people that uh, think 5 a.m. with people that have to deal with 5 a.m. wake-up calls, 6 a.m. wake-up calls. I get it for work, for whatever the case may be. I guess 8 a.m. looks uh, like you're sleeping in in comparison to that. No question. But uh, thanks for joining us. I'll t- tell us a little bit about the Wiley Rogers hockey journey. Uh, and uh, you're playing past uh, a little bit, and then uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, born and raised in, in Fairbanks, Alaska, and uh, had the opportunity to play lo- local junior hockey in Fairbanks uh, with the Ice Dogs now of the North American Hockey League. Uh, I was a goalie, so, you know, I've only a couple spots on each team. Uh, I played one year juniors when I was 15 and uh, played about a third of the games and realized, like, as a goalie, I probably need to go out and you know, play as many games as I can. I, I went to Michigan and tried out for the uh, uh, Capital Center Pride, the junior age program. And uh, after tryouts, the coach, uh, both coaches grabbed me and, and brought me in and said, hey, man, you, you did well. You could play here, but uh, we don't know, kind of small. We don't know if you could play, you know, all of the games, maybe a few of the games for the first year. But we have a junior B coach here that really wants you to play with him. And, and uh, he introduced himself. His name was John Cooper. Ever heard of him? Uh, head yeah, coach I think I heard of that guy. Yeah, pretty big time <laughs> coach now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was uh, on Coach uh, Cooper's first team, and uh, we played junior B in the um, Central States Hockey League. We won a national championship, surprise, surprise. That was his first ring. Um, uh, the Does that guy ever history. lose or what? Ever? I don't ever, think so, man. He, I tell you what, he's uh, he knows how to win, and he uh, instills it in his guys. Um, from junior B, I went on to play for the National Development Program, uh, the U18 team there. A lot of superstars, guys. Ryan Suter still playing. Uh, Mike Brown, Jake Dowell. A lot of guys that uh, put some time in in the NHL. And um, from there, I played one year in the BC League in Victoria. Uh, committed four years to the University of Alaska Fairbanks to go back to my hometown and play four years of college. Uh, had uh, four great years there at the, in the CCHA. Um, some pretty memorable years there playing. Got a lot of games. Played played with Chad Johnson, eleven year NHL goalie um you know me and chad had a had a good stint there and um went on to play in the minors and the central league in texas went over to europe played in the dutch pro league um uh, just kind of had a four-year run-of-the-mill average needed a few more inches type career and uh, and now i'm reside back home um after my playing career i i don't know if we got into it, but I went back to school and coached with the University of Alaska Fairbanks 
And uh, now I'm coaching at a, at a junior A level here in the North American League, the Anchorage Wolverines. And uh, yeah, loving every minute of it, man. And you've been at you're added to the list of our guests who are no longer playing right now, Wiley, but are still staying connected to hockey in some form. I think nine out of ten so far that we've had, or ninety nine percent, they've stayed connected to hockey even though they're no longer playing. They're either coaching, they're teaching, teaching kids. You know, they're doing all kinds of stuff. They're running hockey academies. You name it. Uh, a lot of players, it's amazing, just love the sport so much. They stay with it in some form, in some capacity, working inside the game somehow, even after their playing days. Yeah, we. I definitely took a break, you know, when from the playing. I, I took a minute. I, I went back to school. Um, I started a goaltending academy here with Steve Thompson, who's the head of goalies for the USA Hockey. And uh, we started the Alaska Goalie Academy. Um, it was a really – it was a great, a great time in my life, you know, it, coach just goalies and uh you know from ages from eight all the way up to i think we had some 40 year olds um now it's you know it grew a lot um, jeremy swayman comes back every year to coach with uh, the academy and just a lot of good kids have come through it and continued to it was fun to coach kids up to the junior level and then they kind of shut it down and get back to coaching which has been really fun to watch so now i have kids of my own so i kind of took another step back and coaching a little bit with the juniors but soon i'll be out there coaching girls hockey, I'm sure. Uh, good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, Vito, uh, welcome in. How are you? How was uh, your Saturday, Vito? We'll just uh, bring you in here. <laughs> well, all fine. I predicted 5-2, 5-1 apps, landed 5-2, you know, a couple empty netters. But yeah. overall, well, I think Bulls had, uh, was a little bit more aggressive. I thought Avalanche will be aggressive, more aggressive, but I think Bulls was more aggressive. And, uh, yeah, I think Billington was a big, uh, big loss, you know. That's when the, actually the game turned around, you know, and uh, – uh, well, anyways, the third period from Avs didn't like them so much. Uh, like, I think they could easily allow the goal, you know. And they somehow all over the place, you know. They need just to dump the puck and hold it down, you know. But they're not doing that quite so well. I think they got lucky yesterday that they hold on to that lead. They kind, You know what? It's kind of – I thought – look, Craig Berube, and we'll get into it more in a sec. But, yeah, if you listen to him, he wasn't upset one bit with his team's uh, performance. No question uh, about that. He thought they played well enough to win. And unfortunately, sometimes you play well in hockey, you don't win the game. Uh, that's just the nature of the beast when you're, especially, you know, in, in this sport where you can oftentimes outshoot the other team and get the better chances. And yet you don't end up winning the game. Uh, before we fully get in uh, to talking about the NHL Stanley cup playoffs, Wiley, tell us about this website uh, that you've got the wileypost.com. Find it fascinating that you're, trying in your own way with this company and this website that you are uh, running here to uh, enhance the game and make it better pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. So when I, when I was done playing, I went back to school and was the goalie coach at UAF and uh, it was earning my master's degree. And one of the classes was a new venture development course uh, where we had to think of a product and bring it back to light and uh, go through all the steps the prototyping and try and bring something to market. And uh, I was coaching with the goalies and of course the old standard steel pegs were not working, you know, just constantly nets coming off and it was painful. And I was sitting there going, what am I going to do for this class? And I decided, uh, well, maybe I'll build a better peg. And that's kind of where the idea started. And, you know, I went out and I bought a welder and I started welding metal together and trying to figure it out. And uh, It just kind of spiraled from there. I had a really, really great professor that runs, um, the Arctic Innovation Competition in Alaska, which is a big uh, innovation competition where you can enter and win some money. And I thought, yeah, I kind of maybe I'll try this. And and two or three years later of just prototyping and finding engineers and seeking manufacturing, um, you know, I, I finally had a product that I could bring to market called the Wiley Post. And the beauty of this peg is that uh, it has a urethane top and a metal plate on the bottom with two spikes and you heat it up a little bit before you set it in the ice and it kind of melts itself into the ice and it gives you a stronger stability hold than uh, than the regular steel pegs. Not as great as the rubber pegs that they use at the highest levels, but not every rink has the ability to drill into their subfloor and hope they don't hit a free online. So um, so we've sold, you know, 600 sets around, around the world and uh, junior teams all over using them. And, I get emails from people, you know, constantly, Hey man, I saw your pegs or text messages in Nashville. Hey, are these your, you know, so I, I don't even know where they are anymore. I, I made a pretty turnkey operation of a business and uh, yeah, it's just been a fun journey. Um, it's constantly uh, popping up here and there. And, you know, I, I don't get a lot of calls saying they don't work, which is pretty cool, but, 
um, overall. Thank it's, goodness, it's a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a fun fun deal. And, you know, I, I like to go to the games and watch them use it. Of course, with my daughter's looking out on the ice like, hey, those are your pegs out there, you know, watching how the guys install them. And, uh, you know, it's just a, it, it's a cool idea and a, a cool process. And I just more have I'm more fun now just answering questions for people that have an idea and, and wonder how can I bring this idea to light, you know, and, and I just like to give a little bit of guidance on what I went through, the mistakes I made. All I mean, just so many mistakes so much money that uh, you could have saved and spent on better things that you think are important at the time. So uh, it's just been a pretty incredible journey, but uh, yeah, people should go online and check it out and see if it's something that suits their needs. That's amazing. And I, you know what? We always hear about the, 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 basically the stigma of goalies. Oh, they're weird. Oh, they're strange. They're odd ducks. They're odd birds. They have these weird things they do before games. I think they left out the uh, smart, that they're smart. Yeah, they're right. They're creative, I mean, we all, you know. <laughs> we're all a little weird. There's no doubt. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it takes, uh, you know, it takes things like like an injury or uh, a need that for people to really kind of start thinking outside the box and how they can fix things. You know? I mean, all it takes is one look at Ryan Miller all those years, now retired, of course, just, you know, the chin on the stick and just staring into space, getting ready for a game, or looking at Connor Hellebuck these days for the Winnipeg Jets with the crazy eyes darting back and forth there. Certainly, yeah. <laughs> <ready>. you know, <laughs> That's how they get that kind of reputation and thought from people. Hey, these goalies are kind of fucking weird here. What the hell is he doing? He looks like he's ready to murder somebody. His eyes are going all over the place. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, they're also very intelligent, smart, creative, and Wiley, you're proving that with this uh, great endeavor here uh, to help out with the uh, pegs. Uh, and you're right. You know, it's funny. The NHL, I often find the net comes off the moorings too easy these days. And they're trying to, they use some of the best stuff, as you said. Could you imagine junior hockey then uh, with the issues they must have? And the fact that at least you're trying to help the lower level leagues, the junior leagues with this, with these nets and try to give them better equipment to allow the pegs to stay on so the net doesn't come off the moorings as easily. Uh, obviously, it's probably something that's very, very well appreciated by many. You know, exactly. And I, I always thought, man, the goalies are going to love these. The goalies are going to love these. The, the, the goalies don't love these all the time because they like to be able to kick the net off. You know, really, it was the officials that, that started approaching me and the parents, you know, man, my kid was playing a game and it was a championship game and the goalie kept kicking the net off and, you know, we scored a goal and they waved it off and blah, blah, blah. It was the worst, you know. And, and so it was actually the parents that appreciated it more, the referees that were like, thank you, finally something that keeps these nets on. And, you know, they're not great for every, I thought they're going to work for all ice types. All ice is not created equal. Uh, all rinks are not created equal. Temperatures matter. Um, just so many different factors in it. The, the place where these really excel is when they're in the net for 20 minutes of ice and then there's a ZAM and they're reheated and reset for next period, next period. So, you know, it doesn't work for a practice. I mean, I sold a lot to different NHL teams when they were newer. The LA Kings, you know, Billy Ranford. I went and met with Billy when he was in LA and, you know, he said, oh, these are going to work great, you know, for practice. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to talk you out of this, but I, <laughs> I'm not sure if these are going to hold Jonathan Quick on the net for 60 minutes. Like, that's just kind of the reality of it. So, um, but there are certain, certain situations, you know, that junior level, a lot of the high school level, um, those where there is a ZAM now at every, in between every period, you know, not all youth hockey has that. Sometimes they run a half a game and, they can work but these goalies now at 13 years old are six foot four at 13 and you're like man he's really got to support a big boy who's on his knees a lot and the position is constantly you know going back into the net into the post so um it's it, it, like i said it, it, it has its perks and it has its place in the game but uh, it's not for every single situation Definitely. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, definitely, I've noticed it too, that, uh, especially it seems like the net always comes off when there's a great scoring chance just about to develop too. And it's like, Oh my gosh. And they got to stop the play, obviously, if that team's possessing the puck. So, uh, certainly. It becomes, yeah, it becomes frustrating. So whatever can be done to help this, uh, never mind the COVID pandemic, we've got a net net pandemic net coming <laughs> off the mooring too easily. Uh, pandemic. Sure. Wiley Rogers is on the case trying to fix it. Uh, for yeah. So yeah, great job with the website and good luck with it moving forward. Thanks a lot. Wileypost.com. Yeah, there it is. All right, let's get into Stanley Cup playoff discussion. We'll start with looking back at the game last night, the only game on Saturday, St. Louis, Colorado. Uh, look, I mean, the Blues got the early goal. The crowd was revved up. I thought they had a tremendous start, St. Louis, uh, last night. They got the early goal uh, from Colton Pareko, assisted by Ryan O'Reilly. O'Reilly just keeps on being a point scoring machine in these playoffs. I mean, his points, props, and 
to score a goal, but especially the point props. It's just automatic. You got to bet it every game right now. He's just finding a way to get on the score sheet. Ryan O'Reilly for the Blues did that again last night. But again, the big incident was pretty much the headline uh, story, the headline event of Game 3 uh, last night. Of course, the c- collision with Nazem Kadri with Jordan Binnington uh, crashing into Binnington. Although Callie Rosen, the defenseman for the St. Louis Blues, and it, it was both of them, he kind of, not, not I don't want to say pushed him into Bennington, but he didn't go fully on his own into Jordan Bennington, Nazem Kadri. There was definitely contact, Rosen into Kadri, and then Kadri ended up. Could Kadri have done a better job avoiding Bennington? Probably. I think that's probably true. But nevertheless, he ended up plowing uh, Jordan Bennington, running him right over. Uh, and of course, Jordan Bennington leaves the game, exits the game, and does not return. And now we're looking at a situation where the early reports are he could be out for a week or two at least for the Blues, and certainly already has been ruled out for Game 4 of this series. So it's going to be interesting to see if this is a series-changing you know, turn of events because Billy Husso comes in, and he wasn't horrible by any stretch, but he liked maybe one of those goals that went in to maybe be stopped potentially. I don't think he could have done anything on the deflection goal, but the other one that he gave up, the Lekkonen goal, which was a really big one, a 3-1 short side goal, don't usually love giving those up as a goaltender. And uh, that was a big one for the uh, Avalanche to give them some breathing room. That being said, as Vito uh, said just a few minutes ago, uh, you know, Colorado looked like they were hanging on in the third period a little bit. Uh, St. Louis, you know, they got the late goal in the second to make it 3-2. And it looked like St. Louis had some opportunities. But look, Avalanche held the fort, as did Darcy Kemper, who had a nice third period. And they get the two empty net goals to close that game out and end up winning 5-2. And thanks to those two empty net goals, the best bet cashes for me yesterday with the uh, Blues and the Avs over uh, six and a half uh, getting there because of those two empty net goals. But that's why we factor that into the consideration and always take that into account when we bet these overs. We know there's that chance uh, of empty net goals. And we know Barube in particular is a guy that has had a propensity in the past to even pull the goalie when trailing by three goals late in the third period. So knowing the coach characteristics and how uh, often and how early they like to pull the goalies, it's definitely something that can help you out from a betting standpoint uh, with uh, a lot of these games. But uh, yeah, Vito, I know you talked a little bit about that game already. Wiley, what were your thoughts last night? Game three, St. Louis, Colorado. Yeah, I thought you nailed it. Very unfortunate about Bennington's injury. You know, the way that he got slid into and Kadri's Kind of history with uh, with Bennington, you kind of wonder who was a little more eager to to get in the mix there. But uh, it looked like that left knee. You know, Bennington was trying to skate it off a little bit. As soon as you saw him go down and push, maybe the inside of that thing uh, had some had some tweaks in it, which is highly unfortunate. Bennington is uh, when he's on his game, especially at home, can get his crowd uh, pumping. You know, they love him there, and he plays with the chip on his shoulder. And I just love the way that uh, that he can carry that team. Um, Huso for sure. You're you're de- dead on the nail, man. He's got to have that short side. Uh, he, his feet sink back in the net a little too far on that one. If he holds the top of his crease, it probably hits him in the top of the shoulder, makes a big save, and who knows if that's the difference maker in the game last night. Um, but yeah, that when you got the big man shooting the puck, Colton Pareko on the point there, like good things are bound to happen. You know, Ray's um, a killer of a D and a, a great shot. And as long as he can keep get, getting pucks to the net and you see how many of these have gone in on campers on, on their own guys, you know, like pucks deflected by him. Not much a guy can do there. You know, you, you watch these in real time and you think, man, the goalie's got to have that. And then you slow it down and you go, okay, I know exactly what he's feeling there. You know, it moved just a little bit. And, and that's all it takes when these pucks are traveling 98 miles an hour. Uh, just a little bit of fraction of the deflection makes them go in. So um, they need to keep shooting the puck. But you're, I think St. Louis, I'm still, I'm still hopeful that they pull this one out. I mean, there's a, there's, there's a lot of heat. And there's a lot of big dogs on these teams. So um, goaltending is going to be tricky now. Uh, it seems like it's just the story of the playoffs this year. Goalies getting hurt, going down. Um, highly unfortunate. But Bennington's a battler, and I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to come back, even though if he's not 100%. Yeah, he will. He'll do everything in his power. And, of course, we had the incident after the game last night. Apparently, uh, for those that missed it or didn't see it or didn't hear about it, Nazem Kadri gets interviewed after the game by TNT, Liam McHugh and the crew, uh, after the game uh, last night. And, obviously, they ask him about the Bennington incident. And, of course, what Kadri's going to say, of course, he's going to say what he said, you know, that, hey, there's not much I can do. It was just a play for, you know, defensemen. Rosen for the Blues and me going for a loose puck and, and we ended up uh, banging into Bennington. That that was all it was. It was nothing more than that. And apparently 
in the background while Kadri was being interviewed on TNT last night, a water bottle was thrown at him. And Kadri claimed it was uh, thrown to Adam by Jordan Binnington. Well, he thought it was Jordan Binnington uh, threw the uh, uh, water bottle at him. Uh, So very, very interesting uh, turn of events there. Uh, Obviously a pissed off, frustrated, angry Binnington. You know, obviously, you know, coming off the ice and out for the game, out for game four at least, and maybe out for weeks. You know why he's pissed off. And we know Kadri's got a reputation of, you know, taking liberties. You know, and if he can cross-check a guy from behind, he will. Uh, an open ice hit, the elbow, remember, in the playoffs last year. Remember, that was in the, in the Blues series as well. I yeah. think that was Falk, right, uh, in yeah. the playoffs last year. So you can understand why the Blues have some raw feelings and, and some we don't trust this guy to be, you know, to make the right play and that that, that collision with Bennington was fully, you know, just a hockey play. They thought, hey, we could have done a better job getting out of the way. Uh, and maybe not running into him. And sure enough, there's the water, water, bo- never mind Watergate, water bottle gate right now uh, after last night with that incident. So um, apparently, the Colorado beat writer, Peter Baugh, uh, he apparently uh, claimed, he apparently confirmed it. It was Bennington uh, that chucked the water oh. bottle uh, at Kadri. Now, I don't, it didn't even come close to hitting him because he was obviously way down. The locker room was far enough from the interview area uh, that it didn't even come close to hitting him. But uh, definitely uh, frustrated, angry uh, Jordan Bennington. And look, given Kadri's history, you know, he just took out one of your teammates last year when you when these two teams met in the playoffs. You can understand why he's a little angry. And when Bennington's angry, he'll show you <laughs> that he's angry. We know this is a guy that's ruffled feathers. He's gotten into scrums, got into a fight in his AHL days, uh, almost got into a couple of fights in the uh, NHL days, almost got into one I remember with um, – uh, Devin Dubnik, there we go. I was trying to remember the name with San Jose uh, last year as well. So not happy he was, and it's just pretty interesting that little uh, incident that happened—the uh, water bottle getting chucked uh, toward Nazem Kadri while he was getting interviewed on TNT last night by apparently Jordan Bennington. So <laughs> fascinating uh, little storyline there. Uh, did you ever chuck something at somebody in anger, Wiley? I, I, I doubt that was the case, right? Um, of course not. I, you know, I'll tell you a quick funny story. When I was playing in the Central League, um, there was a big scrum at the end of the second period. We're in, uh, we were in Fort Worth uh, playing the Brahmas. Uh, I think it was just a regular season game, but we we're going to see them in in the uh, in playoffs in a couple weeks. And big line brawl at the end of the second period. I don't know if you're familiar with that barn, but when you skate off the ice and you go into the tunnel. Uh, it's the same tunnel that all the fans use for their uh, leaving to go to the bathroom, going to get concessions and everything. So they usually have one security guard trying to hold back these fans while you skate by at the end of the second period. So, of course, a big, big brawl, mayhem, you know, fans chucking things on the ice. Back in the day, they used to throw these little rubber uh, bulls, you know, cows or something on the ice. At you. So, of course, they're throwing the cows and we're skating off the ice at the end of the second period. And, um, I'm walking through the tunnel and all of a sudden this guy comes running down the stairs and the security guard's kind of sleeping next to us. And he comes, you know, screaming, Rogers, you, and I, and I kind of look at him and I'm I'm pretty scared and he's flying down the stairs at me. I take one step and I take my stick and I jam the guy, you know, to keep him away from me. And of course, security guard jumps in. I go in the locker room. Yeah, absolutely. Go in the locker room, you know, and we're throwing our stuff down and I'm sure we're getting beat, you know, and then uh, after the game, who shows up? Of course, the cops are there, you know, asking about this incident that happened. And, you know, I had, of course, claimed self-defense. And I, I mean, of course, it was it was one of those situations I had to talk to the league. And uh, I actually had to email the guy and, and apologize. And he did the same. Said, hey, I shouldn't have been coming down there. But you better believe from today forward, when you go to those games, there's big chains now that they hook up for those fans to keep them from coming through there. So I, I think I got a fine by the league. I think the team paid it. Um, but that was probably the most involved that I got, uh, you know, but once again, you don't know what people are capable of when they're coming down and, and, uh, yeah, shenanigans on the ice, but that was probably the only run in I had off the ice. Well, that's, that's, that's great. The team did stepped up and did that for you as they should have. I mean, you're just trying to defend yourself. I mean, that's, that's nice that they stepped up, paid the fine for you. Uh, good it's nice that you. they made a change at the rink too. You know, I, yeah. I, I would assume to this day Fort you know, Fort Worth still has that, uh, those chains up to make sure it separates fan from players. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that that's probably a wise move, uh, making that uh, decision as well. Definitely. 
Uh, great comment from Sean Murphy here in our chat. I saw an ESPN piece on Jordan Bennington before this series, and I knew he was going to be jinxed. <laughs> it's funny you say that, Sean, because I'm going to actually talk about another sport briefly, NBA, <clears throat> basketball. Oftentimes, a, a, a player's having a great run, you know, and the team's winning. He's like putting up 25, 30 points a night. And they bring him on this, you know, daily ESPN NBA show, NBA Today. Malika Andrews hosts it. And they bring on this, you know, NBA player that's doing great. And Baskin and, have, you know, the glow of just how great he's playing and the team's winning and all that. And I often find the very next game after that player's on that show, that team has a shit performance. They lose. I mean, it's you're right. There's, I think there's something to that. I really do at times think there's like a TV jinx or a network jinx when you're appearing on the network or you're featured in a big story. Oh, look at this player; he's playing so good. Oh, the team is just rolling right now. The moment that happens, puts the kibosh on it, uh, and they they suck the next game. I think it's, it's uncanny how many times I've seen that. I remember Julius Randle for the Knicks. I mean, they couldn't go on about how good he was playing. The Knicks were playing the game. The very first game after he was on that show, I think they got blasted by 20, and he was held to like nine points or something. It's unbelievable uh, how often that happens. But I think the jinx is real. Uh, I think sometimes it is, no doubt about that. Uh, I've noticed it for sure. Uh, Certainly in NBA, let alone – I don't know about NHL, but I've definitely seen that with uh, NBA for sure. All right, hopefully no jinx with our picks here on the Ice Guys show today. Uh, we've got three games to break down. We're going to get into them starting with the first game. This is actually going to start in an hour from now, 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. I guess that would be 9.30 a.m. where uh, Wiley is here in Alaska. Uh, Florida and Tampa Bay, uh, Florida minus 115. Road favorites now as the scene shifts to Tampa. Uh, the total six and a half here in this game. Tampa Bay leading the series two games to none. I don't know if Florida's going to, win a game in this series and I don't even know if they're going to win today but I am willing to take a shot with them in the first 20 minutes today to just look in this game in this spot if you're not going to be bringing your best in the first period you're done you're dead meat in this series this has got to be a first period where Florida you know knowing they can't go down three nothing it's already bad enough they lost the first two home games that they've got to come out absolutely storming here uh, in this opening period. So I'm just going to keep it simple here with a minus 110 on the money line uh, for Florida in the first period. Do I trust them for the full game? No, I do not. Uh, this could be a situation like game one, for example. Florida led after the first period, one nothing. If you took them in the first period, you, you won. But Tampa Bay came back, and Florida didn't score again uh, in that game. Tampa Bay won 4-1. to one. You know, I could see something like that happen, but I am very, very confident in Florida, throwing everything, including the kitchen sink at Tampa Bay to start the game. They have to. You know, it's no tomorrow for them. Uh, they're down 2 nothing in this series. They need to get off to a good start. We'll see if they do that. Uh, for me, I mean, I'm going to point the finger a little bit at Huberto uh, in this situation. Uh, I think it's a situation for me when I look at it here uh, where Huberto's been quiet in this series. I don't want to say Barkov's been terrible, but he's been – I think there's another gear he can go to. I mean, Anthony Duclair has been one of their better forwards, and this guy was a healthy scratch in game six uh, against Washington in the first round. That's probably not a good sign for the Florida Panthers. And the power play. My fucking goodness, this power play. I mean, what can you say about it? And it's just a disaster. They have not scored a power play goal in the playoffs. They are still waiting for their first power play goal. They are now working on a 0 for 25 power play skid in the postseason going into today. And it's hard to fathom that with the talent that they can throw out there uh, up front. It's unreal how bad this power play has been. Uh, what it is, it's too much passing, not enough pucks to the net, not enough shooting, not enough traffic, not enough players. You know, players are stationary. And, and when the puck is sticking on the power play, and what I mean by that, it's a term I've used before. When the puck is sticking and the players are sticking and the puck's not moving, the players aren't moving in the ozone when they've got that power play, the power play ain't going to work. All right. That's just not going to work. Uh, and I think we're seeing too much of that right now uh, with the uh, Florida Panthers. So, you know, I'm not going to come on here and say that they're finally going to get the power play going. I fell into that trap in the Washington series when they were talking about how practice, the whole practice was working on the power play and it still sucked the very next game. So I'm not going to be that idiot that's going to say, hey, I'm going to think that today's the day 
for the Florida Panthers power play. I will say this, though. The five-on-five play has been decent for them at times throughout the playoffs. Even in this series, it's been decent at times. And i got to think and hope that in the first period, they will be uh, dictating the play, aggressive, try to get the first goal, try to get some confidence, try to get off to a good start. It's not easy against this Tampa Bay team. It's unbelievable they've won the first two games of this series on the road with no Braden point, but it speaks to what they have up front and the depth they have on the third line with the likes of Hagel, Nick Paul, and Ross Colton. Uh, those guys don't get talked about enough. You know, I mean, obviously Kucherov, Stamkos, Palat, uh, they're going to do their thing up front, Sorelli. Uh, but those depth forwards have been big for Tampa Bay. So for me in this game, I don't love the total either way. I mean, I'm certainly, I understand the wanting to bet under here. It's been an under series so far, six and a half. There hasn't been an adjustment yet in this total. Uh, so I would lean that way, uh, but I'm going to just stick to Florida in the first 20 minutes uh, at minus 110 uh, first period money line. And then if they, if I cash that, maybe I look Tampa Bay uh, in game uh, at that point. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Depends on how that first period goes. Is Florida dominant or is Florida maybe get the lead and maybe it was an even period, but they still had the lead. Then, I'll, especially at that point, I might look at Tampa. Vito, what do you think here? Game three, it's pivotal for the Panthers. Uh, there's no other way around it. They got to have this one. Do you think they'll have this one, Vito, Florida, as they take on Tampa Bay? Yeah, well, I mean, Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. They're defending Stanley Cup champions and then no one to turn the gear on you know what that we have seen and i mean was i mean it's all about Vasilevsky. i think this guy when it comes to the playoffs he gets his stats up incredibly fast you know like he plays amazing when it matters the most you know and uh, again when you watch at the bob bob is great goalie but well bob somehow always lets in goals you know i don't know he he can make some crucial saves when he has allowed like four goals for example but he can easily allow four goals i mean so yeah this is the the game for the Panthers, I mean, I, I also would lean, I think, the Panthers here just because the, it's like 2 nothing, and you will get the best out of the Panthers in this game, you know. And uh, But what it keeps me off is just, because, I mean, the size again in playoffs is what matters for me. And size definitely goes with the, uh, with Tampa Bay here, you know. And uh, even as good as Vasilevsky, I mean, Decor is also very good for Tampa Bay, you know. I think it's overlooked sometimes. I mean, Zergachev, Hedman, you know, uh, they have very great D-man and they have size you know big demons and i mean i i prefer to go with the size always in the playoffs and now the next thing is special teams i mean i think we have an answer to that already by when ian, ian just now spoke so again special teams is better for lighting at the moment you know only thing the next thing is injuries you know we had an injury from tampa bay side which is point you know and that would lead me to the maybe to the florida but you have seen the depth from tampa bay you know doesn't look like it's a problem you know but again I think first games, it's first games, it's never a problem, you know. There's someone who steps up, you know. But once it gets like third, fourth game, fifth game, you know, then you start to feel that point is missing, you know. And uh, I think maybe this is the third game where it actually could kick in, you know, for the Tampa Tampa Bay missing uh, a point. And again, that's the only only thing which actually stands out for Florida in this series because again, experience is with Tampa Bay in playoffs. I mean. Florida is a new team on the rise, you know. Everything is cool. Everybody is betting them, but they have no playoff experience, you know. And how the, how can both demon go behind the net in that goal? It's just terrible. And, it was uh, awful. It was at that time of the game. Ten seconds, five yeah. seconds. You both take take a free skate behind the net and leave Ross Colton all by his lonesome in front for that pass. It's it's inexplicable. It's unfathomable. Yeah, and what I told yesterday, I mean, we have seen Florida taking some, in, especially in capital series, taking some stupid penalties you know once they get down 3-1 they cannot play their game they get frustrated they start to take penalties and there's no coach looks like who can really uh, push them you know like Daryl Sutter I don't know or John Cooper even okay John Cooper doesn't need to do that because he knows his guys and his team is uh, very experienced themselves you know and they can take care but again for the Panthers they start to take penalties you know and the coach Coach, no, really. You mentioned it. He's smiling in his post-game interviews, like you're losing, you're not playing well, and here's Andrew Burnett smiling with the interviews they do. Yeah, the yeah, I thought that yesterday. I mean, he's losing and he's just getting interviewed and he's smiling and okay, it's good to keep positive, you know, but you have to get serious, man. And yeah, and I mean, this should be Giroud or Barco who is stepping up, but those guys, well, Giroud is the only one who has some playoff experience in the end of the day there. So yeah, I'm just staying off this game because uh, I think. Florida will come out and play their best today, but there's too many things 
which they are lacking in playoffs. So hard to trust them for me. I'll trust them in the first period. And if it, look, if they don't like if, if if they're tied or they're trailing after the first period, I will not have, not have another Florida bet for, in the rest of this series. It's just not going to happen. This is this this is this is actually a spot I've successfully cashed with teams in the past in the playoffs. Down two nothing first period of game three when they're down two nothing in the series because they got to show up. They've got to like be right, you know, be ready from the opening puck drop. This is it for them. So let's see if we get that urgency from Florida right from the opening faceoff today. Uh, Wiley, what do you like here? Florida, Tampa Bay. Yeah, I never bet, bet against John Cooper, but I think you're absolutely right. You know, these guys are going to be hungry and if they can shut them down in the first period, Tampa's going to come out on top here, but they need to get more pucks through the net. Florida just is not going to beat Vassy on just shots. Like it has to be a carry him off a stick, off a leg. It has to be traffic in front of that. They have to get creative on the playoff, uh, on the uh, power play. And if they don't, it's going to be the same old story. The one, they might squeeze one through, um, but you're right. It's going to be everything they possibly can to the net in this first period. And uh, it's going to dictate the rest of the game. You know, points out, those guys are filling in. Coop knows that uh, what he has in his guys, and he's telling them, you know, fill the roles. And, uh, and play your game. And uh, I think they got this one in the bag. All right. So like in Florida here, uh, do you like them more first period or full game? Are you going tr- to test them? Or are you going to trust them, I should say, full game? No, absolutely not. I'm going, uh, I would say in the first period, if Florida doesn't show up, then yeah. uh, then it's easy. But I, I have to go Tampa in this. Like, there's no way that, uh, uh, and I would also say the under. You know, you look at historically yeah. the two games, Vasky just shuts the net too hard. Unless they... Florida gets desperate at the end and pulls their goalie, and it's just kind of what we saw last night. But uh, I would say I would be going on the under as well. Yeah, I agree with uh, uh, Rich there. If I'm going to bet a Tampa, if I'm going to bet a top six forward from a player prop standpoint for Tampa, uh, I will take uh, Andre Pilat because of his success scoring at home in the playoffs. Yes, no doubt. I think point and uh, or uh, to score a point. And get a goal for Palat might be worth a look. You're playing with uh, Paul. Paul. Paul's moving up to the second line, by the way. That's how good he's been. Uh, and Nick Paul, I'm going to keep riding Nick Paul, Ross Colton, Corey Perry. Those are the three that I think offer great value for Tampa Bay props. You're not, you're, they're going to get better prices on all three of those guys to score goals and get points compared to Stamkos and Kucherov and the big guns. That's Nick Paul, that's Ross Colton, and that's Corey Perry, who, by the way, is Mr. Playoffs right now. Three goals in the last four games uh, for Corey Perry uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I like those props. I think for Florida, I'm going to keep it simple here. Huberto, Barkov, they're your big guns. They're the guys that got to answer the bell today in a, in a spot where you're down 2 nothing. So for props for Florida, uh, player props, shots on goal, uh, to get a point, to score a goal, I'd start with them. Uh, I'd start with uh, Huberto. I'd start with Barkov. And I'd even throw in Carter Verhage there because I think, look, he was a big reason they got past Washington. He was their best forward. And I think he's due uh, to get going in this series. So Carter Verhage as well for me uh, for player props. A good player prop game in my opinion. All right, next up, game three. Also, Eastern Conference second round series, Carolina Hurricanes, New York Rangers, Hurricanes minus 115 road favorites, five and a half the total in this game. Uh, I'm on the Rangers here, first period and money and full game. Uh, Money line split, uh, half on the first period, half on the full game. Uh, I just like the situation. I think, I don't think they're going to get swept. I think they've got a win in them. And let's not forget, Carolina is still over on the road. Here in these playoffs, they have not won a road game. They lost game three, game four, and game six uh, in Boston uh, against the Bruins uh, in the first round. So uh, Carolina still has not been able uh, to show that they can win on the road. And when you look at the Rangers, even though they're down 2 nothing in this series, they probably deserved a better fate in game one. They played 58 phenomenal minutes of hockey. Defensively, it was a clinic for 58 minutes until Ajo gets behind the defense, a brilliant feed from Jarvis setting him up for the tying goal and then Ian Cole unfortunate uh, deflection off the stick of Ryan Lindgren the defenseman for the Rangers beats Shesterkin Uh, there's nothing he could have done there Uh, Carolina steals one essentially in overtime and I felt that in game two Carolina would win because the Rangers missed an opportunity to win a game they should have Carolina was better although that game even though Carolina was better in game two it was still close Rangers are down one nothing late with a shot to tie the game and it needed an empty net goal from Carolina to put it away. And how about Brendan Smith, of all people, getting the game-winning goal? That's Ian Cole and Brendan Smith <laughs> getting the back-to-back game-winning goals for the Carolina Hurricanes the last uh, two 
uh, games. Unbelievable stuff. But I like the Rangers here. They've played good enough in this year. It's not like they've been blown out. It's not like they've been whipped by Carolina in the first two games. I think they respond here back in front of the MSG faithful. And that building has been loud for the playoffs. Say what you will. Everybody said it. Bobby Ryan said it when he was with us. That regular season Madison Square Garden crowd is like a tea party. It's like a wine and cheese crowd. But when the playoffs roll around, uh, they're loud. They step it up, and they've done that. I think that'll be a boost for the Rangers. I think Kreider's advantage at all hands on deck. You're going to get Gallant now with the chance to have last line change, get away from some of these brutally tough defensive matchups that they have to face against Carolina with Slavin, the top defensive pair, the best checking line. The Rangers will have more opportunity to roam, I think, uh, and move around and get some offense started up. So I like the Rangers here. First period, full game. Uh, as well, money line. And I'm going to take a shot on the over as well. Five and a half. It's a plus price uh, here. It's actually five at DraftKings. Uh, uh, the total is five shaded to the over minus 135. I think I'll even, I'll bet it at DraftKings because I like the insurance of if it's a 3-2 game, we push. But I'm going to go get in on that. Over five minus 135. I think we'll see a little bit more offense. I know it's been a very tight checking, low scoring defensive series so far. But I think we'll see something at least a little bit different. Uh, here this afternoon at the world's most famous arena. Wiley, we'll start with you for this one. Carolina, New York. Yeah, I have the Rangers as well. Uh, I think them at home, uh, they play a very tight defensive game and with Shesterkin in that. Like, I mean, you look at the scores in these games, they've been a couple, one goal games. They've been tight and uh, they're in the same situation. They're at home and they have to get this game. And uh, I, I think there's, there's no way that they're going to let Carolina take the crowd out of it early. I think they're going to jump on them and they're going to bring their game. And, uh, and and they like to pounce when they make mistakes, right? When Carolina makes mistakes, Rangers are on it. Um, I, I really think Kreider's going to have a game. You know, he's uh, he seems to be that guy that, that's kind of taking it personal right now. And uh, I, I think that uh, I would definitely take the Rangers tonight. Uh, again, you're you're betting five. I, I think that's I think that's probably pretty noble. I, I think it's going to be a tight one again tonight. Low scoring. Um, tough defense game and uh and Madison Square Garden is just pumping tonight yeah Zabanajad and Kreider I'm looking at it by the way their their production at home at Madison Square Garden the Pittsburgh series was very good you know and that's something to uh, keep in mind that uh, they've definitely uh, done a good job in terms of putting uh producing points uh at home same with Panarin Panarin's got five points in four uh home games in the playoffs uh, for the Rangers. So I think you sprinkle on a bunch of Ranger points props tonight. Cause good as anti Ront has been, you know, I really think they're going to fire everything they can at him uh, here this afternoon. So sprinkle on a bunch of these Rangers, Panarin, Kreider's advantage ad for props uh, in terms of points. Uh, even Ryan Strom, Ryan Strom had a point in every home game in, in the uh, first round against Pittsburgh. He didn't score, but he had wow. an assist. I uh, know he had a goal in one game and he had uh, assists in the other. So he had one point in each playoff home game for the Rangers in the first round. So Ryan Strom's not a bad uh, option as well for props. I still think Alexi Lafreniere is going to make an impact. I like the way his game's gotten going in the playoffs. So I wouldn't talk anyone out of uh, Alexi Lafreniere as well either uh, for the Rangers. It's some nice options there for Carolina. I'm sticking with Seth Jarvis. He's been just the money prop player, player prop for me for that team for weeks now, if not months, uh, Seth Jarvis on that top line. Uh, I think he's probably the best one to go with for uh, Carolina here uh, in this game, playing with Ajo and Tara Vinen. Marty Natchez moving up to the second line. So I like those situations, you know, when a player's moving up the lineup and Marty Natchez maybe on that uh, second line could be able to uh, get some things done. Fox and Cop also have points in all the home games. Good call there, Rich. And Cop is another player I bet a lot of props with. So no argument there looking at Andrew Cop once again for the Rangers here. Good player prop game once again here i think uh with this one uh Vito, what do you think here uh, hurricanes rangers <clears throat> yeah well you see why hurricanes are very good at home they are able to match these line matches you know that's what you can do when you're at home you know when you're a coach when you're Vindemur, you can put the line that you want against the line that you see on the ice first for the rangers you know and that's why they've been so successful at home you know he cannot do that in uh, the madison square garden today and basically, bring them more outplayed Galant, I would say, in the last two games. You know, those, those are a mindset play for the coaches, you know. And uh, why the Carolina is just so good, uh, especially well, in the last two games. I mean, if you look how they played this regular, you know, one, two, two neutral zone trap, old style hockey, you know, they push, they don't uh, allow New York Rangers to skate in the middle, you know, they keep it on the boards. 
I mean, if you look like, for example, Aho, again, I talked about him yesterday. He's one of those superstar players, you know, who plays very well. You know, he's not overskating the puck. He thinks about defense first, you know, and to have a superstar player like him, that's very good, you know. And uh, but again, uh, what what uh, what needs to Rangers? Uh, what need Rangers to do? You know, they have amazing goalie, and also I also think they are turning around it today. You know, I just think Rangers should really stop shuffling these lines. You know, uh, I think too much line shuffling going on there, and uh, just put one good line, keep them together. You know, also how they can how they can. Uh, beat that one two two neutral zone trap you know they just have to pass that puck back to the d you know they try because in any gel all we hear is offense offense go dump and run you know uh, they need to slow it down a little bit they need to pass it back to the d-man then d-man can go from d to d in their own zone and then he can move the puck to the uh, other side you know and get Caroline player players moving you know that's what rangers need to do there so and and again uh rangers need to use the size i mean they're much bigger than carolina but uh, the, the Carolina was outfitting them in the last game, you know, and I think Rangers have to start hitting, you know, Carolina, and that's when they're going to have success, you know. Also, when they dump the puck, they should try to dump the puck somehow uh, diagonally so the Ranta cannot stop it, you know. So if they – and then they can actually put the pressure on the D-man when you hear footsteps before uh, behind your back coming, you know, you start to throw that puck faster away, you know. So – I think all these things Rangers will change today. You know, I think they will be better in the face-offs. I think they will uh, find a way. Uh, they will be able to match now their lines against Carolina, you know, and uh, that's where they're going to find the success today. So, yeah. Uh, well, and as well, you see uh, Rangers had very good power play, you know, but here we go. Canes has the best PK, I would say. You know? And now the Rangers are not so successful anymore in power play. But anyways, yes, uh, Rangers played good the first game. Well, well, and uh, I think they are uh, due to win here in Madison Square Garden today. So, yeah, give me Rangers, obviously, here also on the money line. Yeah, and but, but look, we know how good the Carolina penalty kill is. I've, I've talked about it. I'm sick of talking about it. I've talked about it so damn much on this show, the penalty kill being so good. Number one all year, a penalty kill in the NHL. But even Boston at home scored, I think, a couple power play goals uh, against Carolina. Now it's up to the Rangers. You know, I get it. It's a tough penalty kill. It's a great penalty kill. I mean, they're very, very well positioned. They use the st active sticks all the time on the penalty kill from Carolina. That's why it's so good. But, you know, now you're back home. You have a few more uh, advantages with last change and all that to draw more penalties maybe and capitalize more. And if you draw more penalties and you have more power plays, which I think the Rangers in theory could today, eventually you're going to wear down the penalty killers because they're on the ice so much. And the top players can't get into the game as much because you're killing so many penalties. So it's a reverberating domino effect, you know, if this happens for the New York Rangers today. So uh, I think the Rangers find a way. Again, they need this one badly. Can't go down 3 nothing. We'll see if they can uh, get the job done. All right. Battle of Alberta. We really did save the best for last year. The final game of this Sunday slate. Uh, Calgary Flames, Edmonton Oilers. Calgary minus 120 road favorite. Six and a half uh, the total here uh, in this game. Um, I like the over again. I'm, I'm, it's, uh, by the way, it's moved to seven at DraftKings. It's moved to seven at a lot of spots up from six and a half. But there are a couple books that still have six and a half. So if you can find the six and a half and you like the over like I do, uh, make sure you find the six and a half. I just think there's offensive advantages in both both teams in this series, and we've seen it in the first two games. Four lines for Calgary. All four of them are capable of hitting the scoreboard. We know that. We know there's some depth concerns with the Oilers on defense. I love Darnell Nurse, but again, hit or miss play from Cody Ceci. Hit or miss play from Duncan Keith. Hit or miss play from Tyson Berry, from Evan Bouchard, who are more offensive-minded defensemen uh, than they are great in their own zone. You know, that's what you get with Edmonton, and I think Calgary can make hay offensively against them. And, of course, Mike Smith won great game, game two, and then one shaky game, game one. So which one's it going to be for him? And on the flip side, I think Edmonton's going to keep generating offense too. I mean, I know Calgary's a very good defensive team, and Jacob Markstrom's a great goalie when they're on their games. But Edmonton's speed has been a problem. And going back to game six of the Dallas series, Calgary has had trouble with keeping, you know, keeping the team from gaining easy entry into the offensive zone. They've given up the blue line too easily. They've allowed opponents to get too much speed through the neutral zone. And even though they're not giving up as many shots or chances, Calgary, you look statistically, you look at it, wow, they're not giving up many shots. They're not giving up many chances. Everything they are allowing is high quality of those fewer scoring chances and shots on goal that they're allowing. Calgary is allowing just too much quality. 
You know, it's, it's, it's who cares if you only give up 15 shots on goal in a game when 12 or 13 of those are going to be grade A chances. And that's what Edmonton's getting right now. And Dallas got it in game six and seven, but they're too poor finishing off those chances to, 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 to make Calgary pay. Edmonton is going to make Calgary pay, and we saw it uh, in game two in that win. So I don't know where the def- – like you could make all the adjustment, adjustments defensively you want if you're Jay Woodcroft, if you're Daryl Sutter in this series. I just don't know if matchup-wise, stylistically, they're capable right now of shutting down the other team. Uh, either of these teams at the moment just because of the way this series sets up and you can't argue with series history you look at Calgary versus Edmonton in the regular season this year the first two games and it's been one shootout after the next you know we really have not seen anything other than that so uh, for me it's over six and a half I'm going to have a smaller bet too on Calgary here at minus 120 I think it's I think they're going to be better I know it's not easy to win on the road in Edmonton but it's got that feel of a back and forth zigzag type of series i think betting the team that lost the previous game you know is not going to be a bad strategy you know in this series i think a competitive back and forth series so i do lean to calgary a little bit minus 120 uh smaller play for that smaller opinion there and definitely like the over again six and a half as long as they keep it in that number even with it moving up to seven at some books i like it uh the over here in this one Vito, what do you think calgary edmonton game three yeah, I would like to add about that new uh, that Calgary cannot hold the blue line, and, and actually that's a little bit true, you know. So, I, uh, in a hockey, the defense starts when you are without a puck, you know. So the defense is also an offensive zone. So basically, uh, but you know, when Calgary they turn the puck over in offensive zone, they are not ready for Edmonton's fast transition. You know, Edmonton is very fast in transition. Dallas was not that type of team. So when Edmonton now. Uh, when Calgary c- c- turns the puck in offensive zone, yes, it's very hard for them. You know, they they have to work on that. They have to think about something there, you know, because, yeah, they cannot continue to do that. But overall, yeah, again, uh, Mike Smith, I mean, want a pass from him to guys that I talked about that yesterday and everyone, you know, always going hard against Mike Smith and won an amazing play for him. I mean, that was just something incredible. And, I mean, he's also, uh, as, as much as bad comments he may be sometimes receiving, I mean, he's a Hall of Fame, you know, anyone who plays for Team Canada, I consider, uh, I consider him as the best players in the world, world, you know, so he has played for Team Canada a lot. So, yeah, I, uh, I think it really comes down here. Mike Smith will be good. Uh, Marstrom also somehow plays way too deep in the net, I think, in this series, uh, especially from that then, uh, Duncan Keith goal, you know. He, I think he was way too deep in that, in that goal. And then we come back to the dry idol. I mean, the guy... With sprained ankle, as I said yesterday, it's easier to walk. Oh no, it's harder to walk than skate when you have sprained ankle. So that's possible to play, and that's why he's not in the center. He's on the wing because he maybe cannot do the whole job as a centerman. So, but it works out well for the Oilers at the moment. And again, I would like to talk about one play from Daniel the uh, Nurse from uh, Oilers. I mean, that time when he was on the PK when he was without the stick. I know. I think he just have to go and get a stick. I mean, the guy is out there for 40 seconds without the stick. I think he's pretty useless, you know. Now, coaches have different views on that. Someone says stay in, you know. Someone says actually go get a stick, you know. And, uh, well, we saw what happened there, you know. Then Daniel Moose was outplayed in that power play, being without the stick. Uh, but coming back to this, uh, again, the bets, we I would go with over here. Uh, I think it's very – you don't need to think too much here. A lot of penalties will be called, you know, I think. I think this game goes over. Uh, who's going to win this? Yeah, Flames Flames maybe are a little bit better. But again, you know, so, but Oilers are also not a bad team here. So, yeah, my play my play would be uh, over six and a half in this game. I would not choose the side either. I think that the Flames are getting this done. I would go with that over. Like in the over here, six and a half with the uh, Flames uh, and the Oilers. All right, uh, Wiley, how are you seeing this one? It's been a hell of a series so far through the first two games. Certainly, if you like offense, you're being entertained. If you like physicality, scrums, battles after the whistle, uh, you're being entertained as well. It's been that kind of series as well. What do you think here for Game 3 Battle of Alberta? Certainly the most uh, entertaining of the two uh, of the other series, um, back and forth. Uh, it's just the speed of both sides. I think, you know, Johnny Goudreau's had a heck of a series. And then, of course, Connor McDavid doing what he does is making this uh, just exciting both ways. You know, you're talking about the goalie's eyes going back and forth. That's what it felt like on the TV the last couple of games for these guys. 
Um, I think Calgary's got to stay out of the box when they're when they take penalties and uh, they're losing ice from their top lines and their top players and they have to be on the ice for them to be successful. Um, I, I think Calgary will bounce back here in, in Edmonton and uh, and take the game, um, but I think it's going to be a little tighter. It, it all depends on again the goaltending. I think that uh, Markstrom and and Smith are both going to kind of give their heads a shake and get back into it here. And uh, and have a little bit of a goalie duel. We haven't really had that yet, and uh, I, I think I think we're due. I think we're due for a showdown of the goalies, and uh, time to make some big highlight saves here, and time to time to really get their game back into it. Um, Mike is uh, obviously both big boys, but man, is he hard to hard to watch sometimes. Uh, he gets your heart going, and uh, he does a lot of things that only a big goalie can. And it's hard for us to talk to the younger kids and say, oh, Mike Smith does it. You know, when he's on his post, that second goal of the game, when he's on his post uh, off the faceoff, he's not square to the shot. It squeaks through his armpit and it's a it's an easy tapping goal. Things like that can't happen. You know, I know that's Mike Smith. He's the only guy in the world that can get away with playing that big. Um, but it, it's just little fundamentals like that. If he's square on that puck, when when it happens, it hits him in the, maybe it pinches him in his armpit or maybe it hits him in the chest. So. Uh, little mental mistakes like that. And you're right, Vito, with, with Markstrom playing a little deep in his net, you know, he can get away with that being a big guy. Um, but I think both goalies really turn their heads around here and, and make some big saves. That's why I, I would personally bet the under t- today. I think that uh, it's going to be a little more um, tight defensively, but Calgary is, uh, I think, is going to come out on top here. They just, they have, they play a more disciplined game. You know, Edmonton's real running gun they rely a lot on their speed of their forwards and uh you know dry dry side will be in hurt he's still performing he's still putting numbers up which is pretty impressive you know the guy finds a way he's he's a warrior um but it'll be another showdown i mean this series couldn't get any better this is what playoff hockey is all about and this is what we turn turn the tv on for to sit down and enjoy here so i know i have a lot of friends in calgary and a lot of Friends in Edmonton being, you know, playing in Alaska. We get a lot of those Canadian guys coming up and uh, the, the group chat's going pretty hard right now with uh, back and forth. So it's, it's, I'm excited for it. That's pretty cool. You don't want to, you don't want to disappoint any of them. They're all your friends, but you got some like a love in Calgary, some love in Edmonton. And uh, you just say, may the better team win. That's what you tell them, you know, exactly. fight it out amongst yourselves. Just let, let yeah. me watch a good series here. That's what I'm looking for. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's been a hell of a series. And Vito, uh, he mentioned it yesterday. He said it again today, and he said you can't over, you can't underestimate, understate, and, and underappreciate enough just how great that pass was from Mike Smith to Leon Dreisaitl on that goal. I mean, it was just it's like a it's like a Bobby Orr, Paul Coffey in his prime type of pass that he made out of Leon Dreisaitl, like right on the tape, right on the stick, in stride for that goal that he scored. It was just absolutely brilliant. Uh, from Mike Smith, and he is. He's always been a goalie that's very good playing and handling the puck. There's no doubt. It's always been a strength of his, uh, so definitely uh, something to consider. Uh, MDR24, I like that, what you're thinking of. The the combination bet, the same game combo bet, Flames and over 5.5, which is plus 155, which is a very good price uh, on that. Yeah, definitely. Flames, money line, and over 5.5 goals uh, at plus 155. Not a bad look there. Uh, in my opinion, either with the uh, game tonight, Flames and Oilers should be a good one. Now, Edmonton's you know going to come out strong at home. I have no doubt about that, but I do think in this kind of series, we're we're already seeing a sign that it could be one of these back and forth, where a team that lost the last game they make their adjustments, they're just a little bit more on their toes the next game. Not that Edmonton's going to slack off after winning game two, but you know you get a Calgary team that has the chance to hit the reset button after a. Very disappointing game, too, where they had the early start and they couldn't hold the lead this time. Uh, you know they won't like that third period uh, that they had against Edmonton in game two. We'll see if they respond and if they can rebound here uh, in game three tonight. But should be going as far as props go, Yamamoto, Kane, Bouchard. I think Bouchard for at least a point, not just necessarily to score, although he did in the last game. But Evan Bouchard is becoming a factor on the power play uh, for Edmonton. The Bouch bomb, as they call it when he shoots the puck, the Bouch bomb. Uh, he is letting it go lately, uh, and it's having good results. So Bouchard, even uh, uh, some props involving him, the Oiler defenseman, uh, might be worth a look. Like I said, my favorite props still are not necessarily Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. It's uh, Yamamoto. It's Zach Hyman, it would be uh, those players, the supporting cast, because you get 
better prices. And as far as Calgary goes for uh, player props, Lindholm is pretty much every game I'm looking at props in some form with him. Uh, you could go Gaudreau. You could go Kachuk, Mangiapane. They're all good options. I think your value still for me is Toffoli, Dubé, and Coleman. You know, second, third line forwards that have a penchant to score big goals. Coleman in the playoffs last year with Tampa, and he started to get it rolling here in this series. He had two goals in game one, Blake Coleman. Uh, don't sleep on Tyler Toffoli either. He finally got on the score sheet, and he's kind of a streaky scorer. He scores one, he can maybe score another. So Toffoli, Dylan Dubé, Blake Coleman, I think, are very good value-laden down the lineup player prop options tonight uh, for the Calgary Flames. All right, great stuff. This is a great show with uh, Vito and, of course, our special guest, uh, Wiley Rogers. Awesome stuff. We'll get to uh, best bets to wrap up the show uh, in just a second. But first, we'll mention DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL team. Get $150 in free bets if they win. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings giving all new customers, a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years of age or older. Must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. Uh, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app, sign up for an account, and use the promo code THPN. All right, best bets to wrap it up for this Sunday edition of the show. Vito, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Um, yeah, first of all, I would like to answer to Rich's question. Maybe he was asking which game goes to OT. In my opinion, Florida and Tampa. I think that game could go to OT today, if you ask me. And uh, yeah, my best bet... I. I think I go. I will go with the Rangers. I think they can turn around it here today at home. I mean, uh, they should just stop shuffling the lines, put some good players together, you know, and they will be able to match their lineup against Carolina here. And Carolina on the road is not that good as home. So yeah, Rangers on the money line. All right, New York Rangers money line for Vito with his best bet. And Wiley, thanks for joining us. You did a great job uh, as, as our special guest today. What do you like, Wiley, for uh, best bet today? Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's really really fun i'm glad i woke up nice and early on a sunday for this so uh anytime you need me um i have to go i have to go tampa um I, like i said i never bet against john cooper i think they're too much of a powerhouse and uh i i think uh tampa and the over i think is what we're going all right there we go Ta cut, we'll give you a couple of that tampa bay money line minus 110 full game and of course over as well like in that six and a half here with the uh, Panthers and the like I like it he's going against the grain against the flow he's like he's liking an over in a series that had two unders in game one and two and he's liking an under in a series where he first two went over with the Calgary uh, Edmonton game so I like it a little against the going against the grain and that's not always a bad thing in betting I gotta wow. go with goaltending right like being yeah. a goalie I, got, I gotta feel what I feel there Absolutely. So there you go. Tampa and over for uh, Wiley with his uh, best bets for that Panthers lightning game, which is starting very soon. My best bet. It's actually same as Vito. Uh, just not planned that way. It just worked out that way. But look, it's my favorite play on the board. It's the New York Rangers uh, minus 105 minus 110. And look, I'm sitting in a good spot with Carolina to win the series. And I still think Carolina is going to win the series. Plus 105 is what I've got on that with the game one series combo. But this is a Rangers spot to me. They've been better at home in these playoffs. Uh, it's not like they got trampled. It's not like they got steamrolled by Carolina in game one or game two. They were close competitive games. Rangers do have a better game in them, and I think we see it today. New York Rangers minus 105, minus 110 against Carolina uh, for my best bet for this Sunday uh, NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Uh, hit the like button. Uh, we appreciate it very much. Uh, and a reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. Before we wrap it up, Rich wanted to ask this uh, question of Wiley. Did the killer B Wiley ever have Coyote as a nickname? No, I didn't. Uh, Killer Bees, uh, it was welcome to Mr. Rogers' neighborhood is what yeah. I had. So oh, I rarely had the coyote as a nickname. Yeah, it didn't yeah. happen. 
No hmm. Wiley Coyote. No, it was uh, Fred Rogers. Yeah, you'd rather That's be right. uh, compared to Fred Rogers, you know, a wholesome, wonderful man than uh, uh, some cartoon character. I think he uh, was part owner of the Penguins for a little bit, too. I think yeah. he was a big hockey fan. No, really, Brad Rogers. Yeah, you're right. I, I think, think they did was. a movie on him, and I think you're right. You did. They, they did something about him at a hawk. I think, if I remember, because they did the movie on him. Just Tom Hanks played Fred Rogers in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're right. I think they're. I think you're right about that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Fred Rogers, of course, watched him growing up as a kid. Who didn't? When my Who didn't? I'm 37. Yeah. You know, later this year, when I was a kid, it was always, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, watching him sing that to open the show every day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good memories as a kid. They had good shows That's when right. they were growing up. That's for sure. Uh, hopefully you consider this a good show here. The Ice Guys, we appreciate it very much, all of you tuning in uh, for Vito. For our special guest, Wiley Rogers, we thank him very much for joining us. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Monday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.